0: what is going on everybody it's your boy a double and you're now tuned into episode 71 of durags and boat shoes much love and respect to everybody out there who messes with the podcast the long way or the short way uh, if you love it good bad right or wrong uh continue to share it uh, let your friends know about it and uh just keep on uh listening to it and vibing out and um i just copped a mixer uh, last week Got a couple of uh, nice mics, uh, condenser mics, and uh, I'm getting this uh, mixer all set up so we can get you some, you know, get some guests on here. And I know those always are a big hit with uh, my regular listeners. They like it when I chop it up, you know, with my boys and then um, other folks, too. So uh, we gonna get that popping pretty soon, well, sooner than later uh, this year and uh, we just gonna keep on fighting a good fight. So let's go ahead and start placing some images up on that good old Summer Jam screen and we are going to see what sticks and see if you like the images, if not, you have always hit fast forward. <clears throat> so first things first, uh, there's a suburb here in my city. Um, It's its own city, I guess you could say, in Omaha, called La Vista. And I just seen a story earlier, uh, no, late last week, about the uh, La Vista Police Department. It's typical white flight. I mean, uh, I I work out in the area, and uh, the La Vista Police Department is, I mean, you can throw a stone, and you already... You know and threw it past the whole city or whatever very small but it's the uh epitome of white flight uh super far west uh uh not far west but far southwest uh omaha it's its own little entity or whatever got their own mayor and shit like that but the town is the city is super small i still consider it omaha because they still use a lot of our street names and numbers uh but they're uh actually going to have drones now so uh, they were doing some field testing and they were talking about how they can't uh use drones uh if they're under the influence and all this other shit and then they got to deal with faa regulations and all this other shit and i'm just wondering with these drones are they going to treat them like police dogs you know like if you uh you know attack one or knock one out the air or some shit they'll tack on some additional months or years you know to your sentencing or something like that so i'm just waiting on that day to happen when they're chasing down well this is la vista so they're going to be either chasing a meth addict uh a low-key meth addict a credit card scammer or some dude who beats the shit out of his wife on a drunken tirade so it's either those those are three criminals you have there you have the scammers the meth heads the low-key meth heads who still can function and then you got the wife beaters out there in that uh quote unquote uh uh white suburbia down there so i'm just waiting on the day somebody a drunk dude you know they come to a domestic violence charge and they uh you know the, the drunk dude comes out the house and a wife beater and he throws like a, a beer bottle at the um, the drone and knock it down out the sky and see what happens so uh and if you're trapping be safe um they also um, there was some weird shit going on uh they stopped a semi uh the state patrol did coming through omaha they stopped the i talked about this on facebook but uh they stopped a semi trailer and it had some uh some cocaine in it had uh 55 pounds worth of coke in it and that breaks down a, a, it's a and they're broken up into keys so it's 2.2 pounds so it's about 25 bricks and um they said it had a street value of just about $750,000, and I'm trying to figure out where did they get that number from, because if if a brick is going nowadays between 32 and 36 G's, like, where is they getting this cheap ass price? Is there like a, you know, a connect who got a drop in stock or whatever? And, um... Uh, they said $750,000. I think they probably found more in that semi. They just, you know, reporting that they found that much, but I don't know. I guess the Coke prices dropped. I just found it odd, and um, I guess it is what it is, but uh, just be safe out there. You know, we got this Trump administration trying to crack down. You got uh, the Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, basically trying to to crack down on marijuana, and he's said something along the lines there's a quote floating around from them that you know soon enough it'll get to the point where you can buy uh marijuana on every in every corner grocery store or some shit like that like you can't buy you know a pistol at walmart a shotgun you know a pack of smokes you know and some liquor all in one store so you know they're going to start cracking down on that uh they want to get the uh, weight up for private owned uh, prisons so you're about to see a whole new wave of war on uh, black and brown people and uh, you know we got to be safe out there you know folks are like well don't smoke weed or don't sell it man they just come up with something else to criminalize you with because they're not filling up the prisons fast enough so we've seen this before uh, but we knew know how we do know how to combat it so my thing is what the hell are they going to do with uh places like california and colorado you know who have it legalized you know the state legalized it to a degree so i have no idea what the fuck's gonna happen but the state troopers here in nebraska are going to be pretty happy you know raking up that overtime because a lot of times um folks coming from cali getting that weed legally they don't have to really fuck with you know uh, mexico like they used to They can fuck with uh, Washington or California or Denver, or not Denver, but Colorado, and then they shoot, you know, straight through Nebraska heading back to the East Coast, and um, they were talking about, that's one of the arguments here, is to legalize it because they're, using up so much money paying out overtime to these state troopers pulling folks over and then they find out they just got like uh, two packs of edibles or some shit like that like some brownies and some cookies or some suckers and it's really not justifiable for them working all that damn overtime because they're not uh having a big haul and all this other stuff where they're not you know finding it coming through but a lot of that stuff do be coming through on you know rental box trucks but i don't know what i'm talking about um let's see here uh did you guys see the uh it's a viral um video in court and it's going around the article about the georgia couple who uh Basically, there was a video that was floating around uh, not too long ago that showed the incident of you know, these people in trucks with these American flags and Confederate flags waving it around and shouting all kind of niggers and all this other stuff to a black family that was having a uh, little b- girl's birthday party outside. And uh, one of the guys had a shotgun, and uh, him and his lady. Uh, They actually uh, got I think the guy got 13 years and the woman got six years for like terroristic threats. And um, they charged him with a hate crime, which was odd, which is odd because the state of Georgia doesn't have any hate crime laws on the books. I'm not mad. at it; It is just odd. And, uh, you know, one of the family members stood up, said, you know, said the whole I forgive you type thing and all this other bullshit. And black folks really got to stop that. Like these people were only crying in court because they got caught and it wasn't going their way you know doing sentencing and things like that doing sentencing and um i don't know i it just it's just always sad to see some black person who's been wrong and then they you know forgiven you know who wronged them and all this other bullshit like get the fuck out of here like nobody else does that shit everybody's like i just hope for justice and uh you know what you did was wrong you know shit like that to that extent but you know black folks are like oh i forgive you oh the lord uh forgive you yada 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 well god forgives i don't that's my logic on that type of shit especially somebody riding up on you and your family you know, at a at a birthday party and shouting all these, uh, these racial slurs and shit, and then flashing a goddamn shotgun too. Like he was just pretty much emboldened. They knew what they was doing. It. You can't plead ignorance to that. You know exactly what the fuck you doing. So, this is just Trump's America. Welcome to it. And then, um, speaking about Trump's America, I was going to try to wait and do the show, um, on Wednesday. And edited it real quick just because of the address. The presidential address that's going to happen to Congress. He's going to address Congress tonight. But um, I was like fuck all that. I'll just go ahead and do the show. And you know, maybe I'll knock out another show later this week or some shit like that. But um, looks like your man's uh, Bruce Jenner aka Caitlyn Jenner is having some voters remorse. Um, he made a video which was goofy as hell this past weekend or late last week uh having a uh, voters remorse basically uh standing with the trans uh youth of america which he should be he does have that platform but uh he's also talking about different like the bullies in this uh, this trump administration but like he like ellen asked told him was like here you are trying to be a trans person and this is not verbatim but you're representing a party that wants nothing to do with you and discriminates against you. And you know good and damn well that Bruce Jenner voted for uh, President Trump. So how can you be talking out of both sides of your mouth? It's, it's the craziest shit here with these Trump voters and I feel like it's a, you know, it's a, 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 he's still thinking like a man. You know, he feels like a woman but he's still thinking like an old white man. And it's just like, I saw an article where this woman uh, is under the um she's uh getting obamacare or the affordable care act she's getting coverage under that but she is uh she's on the fence because she voted for trump and now she don't know what's going to happen to her health care and all this other stuff and she was talking about how she was on the fence but still voted for trump And, and that just breaks down to a situation where this woman is basically putting you know racism white supremacy over her own damn health now how sick is that and how dumb are you you know unless she was under the the, the guys that they were going to you know repeal and replace obamacare but he said that but he's not doing that at all so it is what it is which is very shocking to see these people come out you see all these different like women's groups these poor folks um you know transgender caitlin jenner bruce jenner coming out like you you knew who you were voting for like how do you have voters remorse and you're like oh this guy really is a dumb piece of shit but he was telling you that he's a dumb piece of shit just by him all he all he was saying on his campaign trails we're gonna do big things we're gonna build this wall uh, we're going to, you know, get rid of Obamacare. And that's, that's pretty much his whole thing. No plans in place, nothing at all. Just we're going to build a wall and get rid of Obamacare. That's what he ran on in dog whistle words. Basically blaming, you know, the working class failures on other people instead of looking within. So very odd shit. <coughs> and then there's also an article speaking of transgendered. There's an article going around, sorry for coughing. There is an article going around about a transgender boy, so which is a girl who is getting hormone shots like testosterone shots, and she won the girl state title, I believe down in Texas. And they're talking about how people are up in arms about it. And I'm like, you damn right people should be up in arms about it. This is a this is a girl who had an unfair advantage in wrestling like testosterone shots like it makes you strong as shit and it's wrestling something one of the most physical sports there is so i don't understand how all these um these groups are coming out these uh lgbtq groups are coming out in support of this uh of this uh of this transgender boy i i, I don't understand it because this is this is just like an athlete you know using um those uh those pregnancy growth hormones to you know build more muscle mass and things like that or getting steroid shots in their ass cheeks so i don't understand like people are pissed about that it's not because this is a, a a girl that wants to be a boy this is because this is a physical sport and you are taking testosterone shots you're you hormone treatments to make you into a boy so that is a uh and you're getting a boost in like body mass muscle things like that like you are physic this is giving you a physical advantage in a physical sport oddest shit ever and everybody's like oh it's just transphobia and things like that no this is blatant flat out cheating if they wanted to do it the right way you know and she's taking these these uh, hormones and these shots she should have had her ass wrestling with boys then that's just how i feel about it is it problematic no not at all Because this is a transgender boy who's taking all these hormone shots and got testosterone pumping at a very high amount, higher than any woman and any girl, I mean. And she wants to be a boy, so she needs to be wrestling with the boys. I can understand if there was some kind of controversy there, but the controversy that we're facing with this situation is, like I said, she has a clear physical advantage. And I don't know why the the um state board didn't want to really touch that the athletic board in texas wanted to touch that it's like this person is on hormone therapy to make her physically stronger like that is the wildest shit ever like what are we gonna have you know we're gonna have professional athletes doing shit like that getting steroid shots in their ass and they're like oh you know i'm trying to be a transgender double man or some shit like that you know just just the oddest shit ever And, uh, you know, I I feel like they should give that title to the runner up. And then the the young lady or I should say young who wants to be a boy, the transgender boy has the audacity to say that people are just haters and I worked hard to get here. I I understand you working hard, but you've had a clear advantage, a very clear advantage. Just just fucking odd. Like. I feel like this political correctness is going just a little too far, and I feel like the people in Texas on the athletic board uh high school athletic board just was like i don't really want to touch this this is it's too murky of waters to go in it's like well you need to drop some bleach in that shit and clean it up and give that title to the runner-up if i was the you know the second place person uh girl you know i would be trying to fight this shit if i was the father of the, the girl in second place we would be fighting this shit in the courts because it's fucked up it's a it's a clear disadvantage right there. That's really what I have to say about that. And um, let's see here. Um, and then also, I forgot to talk about in uh, these people who have voters' remorse with Trump. There was a, an uh, ICE raid that led to a. Um, where was this? It was in Southern California. It was somewhere. South Southwest, I don't know, it might have been Arizona or some shit like that. But there was these uh, these people were mad because uh, ICE agents um, ICE basically uh, detained a guy who owns a, a popular eatery down there, and uh, the town was uh, full of Trump supporters, and they and they were like butthurt hurt and shocked that this man got deported or or detained by ICE and i'm just i mean all you can do is just laugh like you can just just laugh at this shit like you knew the platform that he was running on like did you just vote for him as a joke are you that blindly loyal to your party are you that much of a racist a bigot a sexist like what the fuck is going through these people's minds the wildest shit ever just just very odd and then, speaking of ICE, uh, there's a, a few organizations that are like coming out giving immigrants, illegal aliens, like chain locks to combat ICE raids. And it's basically saying that you can open the door with the chain lock on um, and then you read them a little card. So the chain lock comes with this card and it's like, uh, you know, I know my rights, but I didn't know if you were like an illegal immigrant, you had rights here, but it says that i know my rights and then i need to contact a lawyer you cannot come in here and all this other shit i'm just trying to figure out what were all these humanity organizations when black lives matter was starting out like where were they at they weren't handing out no cards talking about you know i know my rights i'm not about to get out this vehicle yada 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 but we got all these organizations You know, giving out chain locks and telling them their rights and shit like that. So that's looking funny in the light. I feel some type of way about that. Am I asking these organizations to hand out bulletproof vests to every black person? No, but help us out. So it is what it is. Um, Let's see here. Um, I was going to put this sister on uh, Not All Heroes Wear Capes, but I'm going to do Jordan Peele for that later on in the show uh we're gonna talk about judge kiana lillard uh she was basically a detroit judge and she was uh she was uh in a hearing uh, for a woman who uh, committed like vehicular uh, homicide or vehicular manslaughter uh, under like the influence and uh her family was in the courtroom cutting up laughing and bullshit, just being real disrespectful to the judge and uh, one woman, you know, she told the, the folks to settle down or they'll be held in contempt of court. And uh, one woman was still jawing off, you know, still uh, running off at the mouth. So Judge Keanu Lillard was like, okay, get her out of here. And this woman is still talking shit while the bailiff is taking her out the courtroom and she's still hollering in the hallway. And the judge was just like, fuck it, you're getting 93 days in jail. excuse me, 93 days in jail for contempt of court. And this woman still was jawing off. And I'm like, what in the flying fuck? And this just reminds me of um, what happened um, with Judge Olu Stevens out there. And was that Kentucky or whatever, somewhere out east? And uh, he was dealing with uh, some bullshit like that. He was basically trying to get more people of color on juries and just calling out, bullshit because a lot of people because you need to be judged by a jury of your peers and a lot of these folks are being judged by folks that do not look like them at fucking all so um this just goes back to i've seen this many a times before from me working uh, retail and things like that just uh catching that disrespect even if you are a person in an authoritative position not saying that you know being in management is the same as being a judge you should give a judge the utmost respect absolutely but it's one of those things like with me i have been having being like a manager supervisor at different jobs and dealing with uh folks who want to speak to the manager and you let them know that you are the manager and they're still like no they won't accept that and i'm just like what in the flying fuck like well you're gonna get this work today because you're just gonna deal with me and nobody else and um you know that's how that woman felt in uh in a uh, judge uh, lillard's court she basically felt like okay this this negro woman can't tell me shit because of the sh- social stigma of being white and the social stigma of being black you know what it means and um you know even though that sister had a robe on did her time passing the bar exam and going through you know all these years of putting in work you know here she is being disrespected you know by somebody who just feels that you know by their skin color they're superior so it's it's really fucked up in the game and i've witnessed it with other pe- people of color being in management positions and with women also um you know uh, there'll be a lot of times where another woman would be like well can I speak to a manager and the the woman manager be like well I'm the manager well is there somebody else I can speak to you know so you just see shit like that very very odd but shout out to Judge Lillard for uh not putting up with the fuck shit you know and then it looks like uh the neighboring state uh, next to me iowa is proposing you won't see me in iowa i'm sorry uh if it gets passed they're propo- proposing a stand your ground law and i don't know why the fuck they're proposing that because shit really don't be popping off like that in iowa the uh, last thing we had happen was that cop killer um the trump supporter i forgot that guy's name who uh, smoked two cops and um i it's very dangerous thing so basically they want to initiate a whole stand your ground law then on top of that they want to have a concealed carry without a permit so folks can just be walking around here with the burner in their waist or uh, by their ass crack and just ready to pop off you know so you if this shit gets passed my black ass will not be in iowa after sundown so that's just some some weird odd shit i don't know why they would propose that um iowa is a swing state um it teeters between uh you know liberal and uh conservative but i don't i don't know why would you even propose that i don't even know how any state would propose a stand your ground law it ain't likely in a fucking civil war or anything like that but maybe uh these folks know something that i do not know Or maybe something's about to pop off. Who knows? Um, Let's see here. America's favorite uh, transracial woman, uh, Rachel Dolezal, is currently on food stamps and about to be homeless. Now, I don't know what's going on with this uh, fake sister, but uh, she just dropped a book, I believe. So I don't know if that ain't that book looking funny in the light or what's going on. And she's talking about that she only has been offered jobs to do like uh i think reality tv and uh porn so she needs to holla at the uh the love and hip-hop creator and see what she can do uh maybe do NAACP P and hip-hop or some shit like that or love and in, in in the national i don't know advancement and achievement for colored people in love or some shit like that so she better do what she can to keep the lights on, or she better holler at, uh, you know, holler a real sister and uh, figure out how to uh, turn that potato into a meal for the whole week. So, shit, uh, I think that's pretty much all I got for the summer jam screen. Been ranting a little bit, but uh, we gonna move on to selling hope like dope. But first, Hov, what you got to say? Don't be the next tested on that summer jam screen. I smoke rocks. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Tyrone Biggums, for those kind words. So moving on to selling hope like dope, I guess we will speak about uh, the Oscars debacle and what's going on with um, Casey Affleck versus Nate Parker uh, as far as accountability issues. And uh, let's go ahead and uh, get this hope selling like some dope. Uh, Let's see here. As far as uh, the Oscars goes, my thoughts and opinions about it um i i told y'all last year um that i felt that it was going they were going to start handing out awards to uh people of color left and right just because of the backlash of the hashtag uh oscar so white so i feel like uh even though all the winners uh the the black winners did a great job in their respective movies Uh, i just feel like there's an asterisk by it It, just in my personal opinion um but you know it was a way for um black folks to hold the academy and uh the voters accountable by uh you know making a mockery of the oscars but um at the same time like i said we really got to get out here and start uh Our people, our actors and actresses need to get out here and just start showing up to these uh, smaller war shows, you know, that honor them by us, people of color, black folks in particular. And, uh, you know, I know, uh, you know, the white folks ice is a lot colder and uh, people want to get that that gold statue of that naked bald head man. But I don't know. I just I thought it would. You know, kind of have a resurgence of, you know, uh, A-list actors showing up to, uh, you know, like BET Awards, NAACP Awards, and just different things like that. Or the uh, uh, ABFFs, the American Black Film Festival, Uh, you know, just things like that. But, um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Shout out to the brother from Moonlight for winning Best Supporting Actor um you know uh, <clears throat> shout out to I, I said this a while ago viola davis didn't win uh, an academy award she was robbed she did an amazing job in fences in the play and in the in the uh the movie uh, just amazing job uh, very proud of her and uh the movie moonlight won for best picture there was a, uh, some controversy going on, uh, they had handed Warren Beatty the wrong envelope, You know, for, they handed him the best actress one, and he knew something was up because it had an uh, old girl's name on it, I forgot her name, and uh, then he kind of pawned it off to Shorty and was like, "Well, you read this shit, I ain't dealing with it. And, uh, yeah, so the cast of uh, La La Land got up there and started talking that shit. And then next thing you know, uh, you know, producers were running on stage like, no, give me this is the real card, yada, yada, yada. And what was funny, one of the producers for La La Land, he heard what was going on and he still got his ass up there and gave his acceptance speech. And then at the end, he's like, oh, we lost, by the way. So, you know, I'm just like, what the fuck? So it really robbed the uh, cast and crew of uh, moonlight of their moment uh, but they still got their statue and uh, you know shout outs to them uh, you know how i feel about the movie like i said it was just a stereotypical ass black movie you know some kid getting bullied growing up in the hood you know being raised by a crackhead mama who don't like them and uh you know, taken after a drug dealer who, you know, raised him as a, you know, had a father figure that was a drug dealer. And, um, you know, the twist was he just happened to be gay. And it was funny in the monologue, Jimmy Kimmel's monologue, when he said he made a happy ending joke about the movie Moonlight and nobody got it. And if everybody was seen the movie or if it's, and it just kind of exposed, he made another joke like, oh, so you, you guys wouldn't seen it, huh? Because, uh, you know, you had all these think pieces about how great the movie was and all this other shit, but it really didn't make no, too much money in the theaters. But people were just ranting and raving how groundbreaking it was and talking about how great it was. And then, you you know, I seen multiple Twitter conversations about people. Yeah, this movie so good. Support this movie because it's talking about gay black rights and all this other shit. And I'm like, no, the fuck is not. It's about a little dude growing up in the hood. His mom was a crackhead. He had a father figure who was a drug dealer and they take him in and he's bullied at school and he could have easily been bullied at school because he was dusty. And then he has a homeboy uh, and they he gives him a hand job on the beach and then he grows up to be a drug dealer and then they reconnect at the end. Like that's that's all it is. To me, that's that that's all it is. There's nothing deep about it at all. You know, it was just it. You know so many stereotypical characters surrounding the main character and um like i said i just felt like it was just uh, you know what i felt like he made this movie to basically pander to uh you know that that white hip audience so they could be like oh this is such a dangerous film and thought provoking and it wasn't it wasn't like I was like when it was revealed that the mama was a crackhead like I was so pissed I was like really I'm sitting in the theater I'm like are you fucking serious like it's bad enough that he's taken after a drug dealer you know as his father figure the daddy ain't in the home and the mama you know is smoking rocks I'm like okay there we go yep Okay, it was shot beautifully. It was shot beautifully, you know, very vibrant colors and things like that. But wasn't shit deep about it. he really didn't go through his struggle, you know, of him trying to come out the closet and things like that. And it was, you know, they could have just went so much deeper into this film. But like I was saying, uh, you had all these folks on Twitter ranting and raving about it. It's like, now I haven't seen it yet, but I've been hearing good things. You like get the fuck out of here. Then you had people on the other side of the spectrum like oh i don't want to see that gay shit yada 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 and all this other stuff but you probably look at they their browser history and they got all kind of you know uh woman gets gang banged at the same time takes eight dildos at once takes eight dicks at once or some shit like that or got some kind of you know some old freaky shit on their uh browser history but anyways um i don't know i just felt like the film shouldn't have won i felt like it should have been fences you know, with Denzel and Viola, because that was just great acting and you felt like you were looking into people's lives. And it, it didn't at times it felt like you weren't watching a movie. It felt You felt uncomfortable because it felt like you were like at a private, you know, you were peeking through somebody's window into their life. So I, I really appreciated that about the film. I felt that should have won. And then there was another movie nominated that I really liked, uh, which was uh, Hell or High Water. And if you haven't seen it, I recommend that you go see it. Um, Even though I'm a fan of westerns and things like that, this was set in uh, Texas. And it's basically about these two brothers who are going around and robbing these local chains of banks all through the state of Texas. And... I'm not going to give it away because I know most of my listeners probably haven't seen it. But I recommend that you do watch it. And these two brothers are robbing these chain of banks. And once you find out why, you're like, oh, shit, that's some slick stuff. But then it deals with a, uh, a, um, uh, a a ranger, a Texas ranger, uh, who is basically, you know, getting ready to retire and trying to work this last case. And it's just great acting. And uh, I could really relate to that brotherly bond uh just because i know i would do anything for my my baby brother if he needed me you know in those kind of situations and things like that i would you know go through anything for him so i really connected on that bond there but uh just just the the plot twist of why they're robbing these banks and stuff like that it was just amazing great acting um, good action you really connected with the characters good pace of the film just the overall damn good movie it was surprising even my wife liked it um you know it wasn't too actiony um uh, just it was just an overall great film like i really wanted hell or high water or fences to really win best picture but like i said i felt like you know a lot of i knew a lot of black folks was gonna win this year i just i just knew it felt it in my my spirit just from you know the public shaming and you know, the backlash that they were catching and all this other stuff because there were some good movies that should have been nominated. And, um, you know, for Best Actor, you had uh, Denzel get snubbed. Like, that was fucked up. You know, I felt like he should have got it. I wouldn't even been mad if Ryan Gosling got it, you know, for La La Land. Um, but it was... Uh, it was Casey Affleck got it for Manchester by the Sea. Have I seen the film? No, I haven't. I haven't at all. But, um i don't know it was it was one of those things where you seen the the backlash um it was small backlash coming from you know casey affleck in his case back in 2010 when he was shooting that movie and he was basically sexually harassing and i think he uh, had charges of sexual assault brought up against him uh one instance he was uh, you know he crept into uh, One of the producer's beds Or something like that Or it might have been A production assistant I think it was a producer You know snuck in her bed Came in, there in a shirt In his drawers You know grinding up on her Hugged up on her in the bed And shit like that Reeking of alcohol Um another one I think He might have flashed a woman Or something like that Or said something inappropriate Or grabbed her I forgot what it was I forgot to read those I can't remember those transcripts I talked about it In the past shows And uh you know, but he, he, didn't, he didn't catch the hell that uh, uh, our brother Nate Parker caught. And uh, you see in these debates and these articles come up because uh, people are saying that, you know, because before when uh, Birth of a Nation, Nate Parker's movie sold for so much as Sundance and won that prestigious award and sold for 17 million in Fox Searchlight, uh, there, there was nothing but Oscar buzz nothing but oscar buzz and then you had all these black folks were talking talking oh yeah cool you know this is this is what we need black excellence yada 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 and then all of a sudden i don't know what happened with the change in tide um people were bringing up you know his 1999 um acquittal of, uh, of sexual assault against a young lady he was dealing with and now you're seeing people just flat out lie in they um in they uh trying to defend you know publicly shaming nate parker and what's going on with casey affleck you see him win all these awards and all this other shit and uh it, it, it's odd you know uh I, I saw somebody online today lying flat out talking about that uh every movie that nate parker has done there has been backlash You know, uh, from the 1999 case, and it's a damn lie. And then she, this young lady went on to talk about how there was controversy surrounding red tails. And I mean, you can go back and look. The only controversy surrounding red tails, and this was written in Essence and Ebony, and um, The Hollywood Reporter, was that there wasn't any uh, black women in red tails. Uh, The movie back in, what, 2012, I believe that came out? i think yeah but there wasn't any black women you know the the uh, the pilots uh wives and girlfriends weren't highlighted in the movie that was the big controversy surrounding that film and on top of that george lucas having to put up you know so much money to fund that film and uh and nowhere in there they said anything about nate parker's case um, so i don't know where this, where this came from and uh word grew and festered but it started with these little small uh fake black feminist uh blogs it started with that you know it started they started shaming them on that and um then these other people these mainstream uh articles or blogs or news sites uh hollywood news starts like sites started citing those smaller blogs and uh you know, started running with that and then it just became a full on out, you know, smear campaign. And uh it 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 it, it was tough to I don't know, I don't know how to say it. It was tough to see, you know, black folks just slander this man, you know, up and down, inside and out. And then, you know, folks went on to lie and say that uh this movie birth of a nation you know he had the nerve to uh, write a rape in there uh you know a gang rape in there to um, redeem himself in real life and to justify, you know, or try to justify what he did, or uh, at the ex- said the revolution that he tried to lead was at the expense of a black woman. Now, and then you like, okay, well, hold up, that really wasn't the case. There were so many events in the movie that led up to that. But then you start reading these little think pieces, and these are pe- from people who didn't even look at the movie, who haven't even seen the movie, didn't even bother to get a bootleg of the movie, and they're saying this. And you're like oh okay so it wasn't him dealing with uh going around to different plantations and preaching christianity to keep you know to keep slaves docile and things like that and giving them what we believe today is a uh, heaven after earth you know you suffer now but you be okay in the afterlife, and it was so. It wasn't that. It wasn't him witnessing a slave getting his teeth chipped in with a chisel and being force-fed slop. So it wasn't that. Um, it it wasn't you know uh, him getting the him, his wife getting the shit beat out of her uh, by some slave catchers, aka the police. It wasn't that. You know it was it, it was his 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 best friend's wife uh, being raped by, you know, um, the slave owner or, uh, um, uh, which Nat Turner's owner uh, held a gathering and Gabrielle Union had to go in there and serve a white man or whatever, sexually. So uh, this is, it, it, it's very tough. And now you're seeing the argument now from these fake black feminists and some of these uh, um, quote unquote activists talking about that it's, it was, it's not up to us black folks to defend uh, or to uh, shame Casey Affleck. White folks should do that. And you're like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Shouldn't you be shaming Casey Affleck to show white privilege in his, in his ultimate sense that this man can do, uh, can pretty much face, all, not identical, but similar charges, but still thrive in Hollywood. And so, Help me help me out and understand that, you know, these these black folks, these black, uh, these black, fake black feminists and these uh, suck butt ass dudes who want to try to sleep with these fake black feminists are on this tip. You know, white folks got to start holding white folks accountable, which I agree with. But you also need to step out and start, you know, start shaming them too, you know, to point out the hypocrisy of what's going on in uh, Hollywood society. But you don't want to do that because, you know, that's that's too hard. Because, you know, white folks ain't going to stand with you on that. You don't have a leg to stand on with white folks. But it's easy for black folks to shun another black person because there's not a power structure behind black folks to basically shun and come back and uh, punish these so-called you call them coons. I call them traitors, whatever you want to call them, you know, who want to, you know, shit on his brother, Nate Parker, even though the courts found him not guilty. And then, uh, you know, they're like, oh, go read the transcripts. And you do read the transcripts. And basically, you know, rest in peace to this young lady in the Nate Parker case. But it was basically the defense was saying that she remembered so much stuff, but she just couldn't remember the sex. It's like, how can you? Because it basically starts off she was in a bar waiting on Nate. Some old white dude kept buying her all these drinks, and then uh, her friend came, and they went to an apartment where Nate was at. And then she made some few more drinks, and then uh, she don't remember what happened. Then she just. and she said she remembers the drinks and then Nate giving her a shirt and then she remembered them having sex and then she remembers sucking some other dude's dick But she don't remember if she gave consent and all this other stuff. And so the defense was, how can you remember so much stuff up until the sexual whatever happened sexually? But you you remember everything afterwards and you were, you know, cognizant enough or, you know, you had the cognitive ability to, you know, order a cab and shoot the shit with everybody else and go along like everything was all good the next day and days after. And then there was a phone call where uh, she was basically, you know, saying that <clears throat> excuse me that you know she didn't really mean to do what she did she was having some regrets and all this other shit. so that's how it was a pretty much open and closed case uh to get nate off now his buddy that was kind of iffy um they really didn't know what was going on if he if she waved him in the room or if nate brought her brought his friend in the room to run a train or whatever happened the mfm mfm threesome or whatever happened so uh, it's, it's just some wild shit but just going back to my point um, black folks can easily throw other black folks under the bus because there's not a power structure or enough money behind a person to basically defend themselves and white folks will easily jump in to help you shun this black person but if your black ass try to do that to a white person you know, there might be a few white allies who might say something, but it's not nearly going to be enough It's going to help you as opposed to when you shun a black person. So, you know, that's that's a weak ass argument to say uh, white folks need to hold other white folks accountable. I do agree with that. But if you're a so-called activist and all this other shit, you should be holding everybody to the flame equally. You see what I'm saying? But it's so easy to throw another black person under the bus that, you know, you know, you dare not. Dare not attack the establishment or those in power, which is you know racism, white supremacy, white folks who run run this run this world. So just just very odd shit. So when you see somebody make that argument, you know just point them to this podcast. You know just very it's a very weak argument, and it's it's very easy. You know it's very easy to pick on other black folks, and uh, you know you shouldn't you shouldn't even have the title activist. You know or a racial advocate you know in your bio or claim to do that kind of work You know, when you won't even call out an injustice, no matter what the color is, you know, we do have to hold each other accountable. Absolutely. Amen to that. But you need to call out other people's bullshit, too. If you really want to place this system of white supremacy with a system of justice, because if it's a if you just want to keep attacking your own people and not holding white folks accountable, well, then you just going to let white supremacy uh, thrive and excel. You see what I'm saying? So don't call yourself an activist if you're not willing to call out everybody, no matter what color it is, doing wrong. You have to call out everybody on their shit. You know, you need to hold everybody to the flame equally. So that's that's pretty much all I have to say about that. But then, you know, also just shout out to... You know Brie Larson, the the actress, you know who who did take a stand, you know against Casey Affleck, which is odd. Uh, she had to uh, present him both times at the Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Drama, and then the Best Actor at the Oscars, and you know not clap for him, and you know show any type of love because she's a she is an advocate for. Um, you know sexual assault victims and victims of rape and uh she was in that movie room which is about a victim of rape who basically you know is a uh, kidnapped and held in a shed you know as a sex sex slave and um and she has a child so um yeah so shout out to her on that and there was you know a little bit a small backlash when casey affleck you know was winning these awards but this is after you know, he makes the movie and all this other stuff is when he starts winning awards that you start seeing that there's a little bit of backlash. But Nate Parker, he right out the gate. Nope, nigga. Nope. Nope. No, sir. No, sir. You about to get publicly shamed. you gonna get tarred and feathered by your own community. And so he was just left out there naked. There was a few people defending him like myself. But, you know, it's you know, it is what it is. Um, it's, a, it's, it's something. This is tough because I just feel like in a perfect world, that movie would have been nominated. He would have been nominated for Best Actor, and the guy who played the slave owner, his owner, should have been nominated for a Best Supporting Actor because he did a great job in the film, too. So. But, you know, that's all I got for selling hope like dope, you know, the Oscars and, you know, black folks out here, uh, you know, uh, cop into the misdemeanor is what me and my friends say. So, you know, you might as well take that felony, but you cop into the misdemeanor by saying, you know, by copping out and saying that, you know, white folks should have did a better job of shunning them, which I agree. But you guys are the ones, you know, black folks are the ones who get the ball rolling and get this shit, this trend popping, you know, and I'm saying this to people who call themselves activists and all this other bullshit you know but you know you looking funny in the light this portion of D-Rags and boat shoes has been brought to you by the letter l as in hey yo my guy my hands are full give me a hand here can you hold this l all right so l's get handed out every day and uh this fine wednesday uh we're gonna hand this l to the dnc Uh, as you know they just had their uh, whole dnc chair election or vote this past uh, weekend and uh the dnc they really uh they really fucking up out here in this game uh, looks like uh they just really want to give up uh, you know they had a, a smear campaign you know via uh some jewish folks in the obama administration against keith the first open muslim ellison and it turned out to be nothing more than islamophobia uh, islamophobia um you know once haim sabin uh called uh mr ellison an anti-semite and saying he was anti-israel was a and uh you want to know who haim sabin is he was one of the biggest campaign donors uh, to hillary clinton when she was running for president and so i feel like with this smear campaign uh you know a lot of the voters uh you know for the uh, dnc were basically worried about that long jewish money as opposed to feeling like they could raise these funds you know to combat you know the republicans in the house and uh, to oppose president trump from the everyday people not knowing that there's a shift coming because There's a lot of folks, even folks who voted for Trump, who really are like, oh, shit, I fucked up, you know, and it could really turn it around with these uh, primary elections, you know, coming up in 2018. But, uh, you know, the DNC did not have faith in the average, you know, everyday working class person, just like Hillary Clinton really kind of ignored that fact on her campaign run. And she was just running as, hey, at least I'm not Trump, which was where she really fucked up. At. You know, she really just ran on the, hey, at least I'm not this idiot over here. So, uh, you know, you can look at Keith Ellison and just see that he's a very, very progressive individual, you know, moving forward. Uh, he he knows where he he knows where he lies um, in this party, and where he wants to push this party forward. So they got him up out the paint. Uh, they put in a guy Perez. The they I don't know where the fuck he came from, but the Obama administration, you know, pretty much just kind of championed him as this is the guy who should be leading the DNC. I feel like they needed to get Mr. Ellison up there just to be more brash and, um, you know, had a very, has a way with words and uniting people, you know, as he showed that he had, you know, uh, Schumer and, uh, uh, Bernie Sanders in his back pocket, you know, backing him. And those are two prominent Jewish, you know, people in Congress, you know, who had his back and championed for him. But, um... You know, it all came down to those dollars. So, uh, you know, like I said, it was about money and putting a... Uh, uh, I feel like it was putting a black man back in his so-called place. You know, um, uh, the, the Democrats are supposed to be this... Uh, liberals uh, pushing forward but you see this brother tried to rise up and they got kind of spooked because you know the uh, the, the, that long money from the Jews was kind of in question you know just because of what Haim Saban said and some other groups said so um you know, this was it, it just seems like a weak move It's one of the reasons that I pulled out You know, of the Democratic Party Besides them, you know, taking black votes for granted And, and expecting those votes That was the, the major, major reason But that other reason was It just seems like a very weak party You know, it just feels like You know, hey, keep slapping me in the face I'll take the high road You can do what the fuck you want to me But morally, I know I'm on the high ground When I'm getting my ass whooped. You know, but Um, you know uh so like I said putting a brother back in his place um you go back to when um Ellison uh was uh running for Congress you know he denounced the nation of Islam you know um just like a grown ass kid would do you know you didn't see President Trump ever denounce you know the support of the alt-right David Duke or the Klan or any other white supremacist or extremist groups on his campaign trail that's another story um that's pretty much uh they were saying that he was a uh, anti-semite uh, just because back in the day he used to uh fuck with the nation of islam uh like Stokely Carmichael. i forgot his muslim name and then uh, um uh, minister farrakhan he was defending them about their free free speech and all this other stuff and then um You know, uh, they started saying that he was, um, um, you know, anti-Israel. You know, once he uh, he stated something, uh, it comes, you know, from a secret recording. He was uh, basically. in an office, or in a, um, a summit, or something of that sort, for uh, progressive Muslims or something like that, and he was—he uh, said that basically the United States foreign policy in the Middle East is governed by what is good or bad through a country of seven million people, a region of three hundred fifty million, all turns on a country of seven million. Does that make sense? Is that logic? And uh, you know, he was secretly recorded. And I will tell this to any person of color, you know, especially black folks, you know, you run running for public office and you hold a position of power. Someone is always recording or watching, you know, to get some leverage or uh, so that you will fall from grace, you know, fall from your position of power. Somebody is always going to try to catch you slipping. So you always have to watch what you say. But what he said is true. You know, everything that goes on in the Middle East is determined by pretty much you know israel about what's going on over there it's just so much long money but the anti-defamation league they took away their endorsement from ellison because they felt it tiptoed along the lines of how people say jews run the government and and hey i'm not saying it is good or bad well it is bad but um but it, it does sound like that i mean you just look at you know what's going on you know in the party itself you know basically there was members of the uh democratic i think jewish congress or something like like that was sending out emails talking about don't vote for uh ellison to be dnc chair because he's anti anti anti-semite and anti-israel and all this other nonsense and you know the former uh uh, president obama's administration jumped on on task too with that and uh you know uh It does sound like, you know, Jews run the government, but it's just long money does run the government. You know, the the Democrats are so spooked you know, don't have faith in regular, regular ass people who can raise money for them moving forward, you know, to take back the house that they're just like, okay, let's just go with the guaranteed money. You know, let's do what these these Jews want. These Israel, you know, want these Israelis, what they want, you know, so that's that's what it looks like. And shout out to George Soros and the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, I want to check also for disrupting and protesting, you know, cut my check. But, um, you know, being in being black in politics, you know, this brother Ellison is very outspoken, but you have to be as safe and bland as possible. You know, if you want to make your rounds and come up in this political game, you know, which is sad, because I feel that the average American respects honesty, you know, even though Trump, you know, I feel like is a Manchurian candidate for Russia. He spoke the truth that spoke to many people who were sick of the dog and pony show that we call politics. Um, he spoke and uh, he, he did speak in dog whistles and coded language but there was something of brashness about him just you know wanting to drain the swamp and it, it was just that that honesty that people were just like okay some folks i feel you know voted for him just like okay let's just try to shake this shake things up a little bit and see what the fuck happens because you get tired of People, you know, speaking in too many dog whistle words and then pretending like they have to do all this other shit to get bills and bills and laws passed and all this other shit when the president really can just sign an executive order. We're witnessing that firsthand and how much power the president actually does have. So um, the Democrats are in for a very long run, um, very long fight. But uh, I seen a sister say this. Uh, I just retweeted it. Let me see if I can pull up my Twitter really quick here. But she was talking about, she was speaking the same sentiments that I feel about the Democratic Party and how they were voting. Uh, Nina Turner. Um, she was a, uh, she's a college professor. And um, it was basically, she was basically saying that the same thing that I'm saying is uh they, you know, they really wanted to get that long money from, you know, from these these Jewish uh, backers and all this other shit, and then pretty much uh, just wanted to be like, you know, didn't have faith in the American people, and she said that, you know, at times it feels like the Republicans have a party and a half, just how there's so much bickering and fighting within the Democratic Party, so, you know it is what it is it's not you know i feel like the 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 democratic party just made just laid down their whistle you know just laid down drew a line in the sand and just let you know we're not here for the everyday people you know the dnc is not going to be the party of everyday people so they're going to try to get those elitist long money that paper like that so um, you know it is what it is so with that decision i really feel like you know the dnc really has to hold this l and they really just fucked up uh going into these uh midterm elections you win perfect all right so moving on to not all heroes wear capes this has to go out to uh your man's jordan peel uh you know had his claim to fame you know with mad tv and then having the key and pill show just released the movie Get Out uh it had great ratings on Rotten Tomatoes uh critically acclaimed uh thriller and uh you know some some snowflakes got their panties in a bunch claiming that it was uh it was too racist and all this other stuff and it was anti-white which it was far from it you know white folks were the villains um, but it it showed it was so genius because it showed uh, you know uh, like white liberalism racism if that makes sense like that uh, that that sneaky hidden racism you know and it it did a great job of it uh, I don't really want to give away too many spoilers but it was just genius in how this movie uh played out so if you don't know the plot of it so it's basically about an interracial couple who uh go to meet her parents for the first time and uh there's some weird step for wives type shit going on with the few black folks that are there and uh and the first first red flag was They only been dating for four months, and she wanted him to meet her her parents, and that should have just set the the Negro off right then and there, which is like, for real, we've been dating, hanging out for four months, and I gotta meet your folks already? Nah, son, I can't even do it, but, uh, you know, once the the plot is revealed about what's going on and, you know, uh, why these black folks is acting so weird in this town, it really, it, it really breaks down the game for you, and uh, you just like blown away. And I thought one of the most genius things—this is might be somewhat of a spoiler—but one of the most genius things in the movie was how he used cotton to combat what was happening to him. You know, when it turned around, you know, uh, you know, once he's captured and everything, he uses cotton. To help him get up out the the situation at the end. So that's just funny. A black dude using cotton against white folks. Um, And then you could tell that uh, Jordan Peele was a fan of Night of the Living Dead. Just how you had that ending. How the movie ended. I I hope you guys seen the original Night of the Living Dead. And uh, yeah, I hope I'm not giving away too much. But just you could tell that Jordan Peele was a fan of Night of the Living Dead. Just from the ending of the film, or right up until the end, uh, which was genius and uh, just the subtle racism in the film. Hopefully everybody catches all that because it's 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 amazing uh, just how he hits, he hits a home run with this film. And uh, you know, I feel like the people that are offended, they really need to look in the mirror uh, and see what's going on with their lives. and makes them so sensitive because black folks have been crit number four, uh, crack whore mama number two, or. Uh, angry black woman or sassy mammy number 42 for far too long, but it really touched on social issues. And I think that's what makes people uncomfortable. Uh, Speaking about race always makes certain people uncomfortable who are fine with things the way that they are, you know? So I challenge uh, people who think that this movie is racist to uh, go see it and just you know just sit back analyze and take the movie in it's a great thriller it's uh it's it's different and it's witty and it's smart and it'll and i you know if you if you're a black person or person of color i challenge you to you know take somebody white to go see this movie just to see where they're at you know, uh, see where they are mentally, and uh, see how they feel about the film, and have an honest conversation. Really, like what I wa- what I challenge y'all to do is uh, take uh, Barb from an accountant who doesn't see color to go see this movie like really and and see how she feels about not seeing color after this film like just like hey i got some tickets to a flick you want to go see you know maybe you and barb are lunch buddies and that's all she talks about is not seeing color and how black folks need to give donald trump a chance so take barb from accountant who doesn't see color to go see get out and have an honest conversation with barb like really do really do have an honest conversation with her if you guys are lunch buddies and cool like that you know don't say anything that's going to get you fired you know but just have a a honest conversation with her and and just see as no or just ask her after the film you still don't see color so shout out to Jordan Peele um and if you don't feel comfortable asking Barb from accounting to go see this movie uh, You know, during This Christmas, during Secret Santa, I want you to buy her the Blu-ray copy, deluxe edition You know, with interviews and all this other shit And hopefully it comes with a With a with a, um, a saucer and a teacup and a spoon Uh, so most folks who saw the movie will get that but uh shout out to jordan Peele. not all heroes wear capes you know some of them you know direct uh films that get you talking and get you thinking and keep you entertained at the same time and it wasn't preachy which was dope so uh much love and respect to that brother all right so moving on to health over wealth you know what i say without your health you can't enjoy your wealth so fitting into the theme of you know like Caitlyn Jenner having voters remorse uh, some more white folks having voters remorse voting against their own interest this quote comes from Denzel Washington and uh, you know it's it's time for us to uh, you know stop jumping into other people's fights when they got in the fight themselves you know in the struggle so this quote is from Denzel and it says never help an ungrateful person get up on their feet it's like telling a wolf that you're a sheep so just keep that in mind you know, when you start getting these uh, these Trump supporters with uh, voter's remorse starts coming towards you, uh, they're, they're definitely gonna start coming towards black people then brown people and uh, women, and you know, just trying to get you Uh, on their team because they have voters remorse but it was their vote that helped catapult this man into the White House and to spread this hate with everything that's going on especially with these new alphabet boys that he put out there the VOICE team the voice team victims of uh, immigrant crimes engagement Um, so this will spread Uh, I broke that down uh, thinking last week's episode with the executive order uh, that he was going to start up a new task force Jeff Sessions was the attorney general so uh, uh, it's going to start with the wave of uh trying to get these immigrants these so-called uh, bad evil mexicans up out the um about the uh, the uh, the country, and then uh, it's going to uh, spread to Chicago. we will probably have a task force for that, or the voice team will uh, basically try to say that it's under the guise of you know, uh, black folks are forced immigrants, you know, or some shit like that. It'll be some kind of coded language where this uh, this new alphabet boys team will spread towards um, you know, harming black folks and people of color. They're already trying to start. With this whole uh, marijuana thing and trying to attack folks, um, even in legalized states, they're trying to figure something out. You know, they're getting the think tanks together, huddling up, trying to figure out how do we, how do we criminalize, you know, marijuana use again. So we've seen this before. Back in the, the 80s, you know, with the Reagan administration and Reaganomics uh, leading to the Bush era and then leading into the Clinton era. So we have to be able to combat this and we have to be smarter than these hitards that's up in the, um, the White House. So um, nothing but much love and respect to you guys. Um, next week, I will be breaking down um, probably what's going on in Chicago uh just giving you some uh breaking down some history um a lot of dirty cops out there and because uh, i don't think all this crime is on black folks i feel like that it is one of those things where there's some some puppet puppet masters you know working within the system so i'm still doing some research on that so i'll break that down next week um sorry this episode is a little bit longer than normal but you know as always i love y'all i respect y'all and i will see y'all next week one